Alrighty, so we go back to chapter 4. Here we go. In the throne room, we're looking in. It says, After this I saw, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. So remember where he says he opens and shuts doors. And the first voice I heard was, as if it were a trumpet voice talking with me, which says, Come up here, and I will show you things which must be after this. And immediately... John was in the spirit, or the Ruach, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne, and he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper. Jasper is a precious stone, it's green, and Sardis stone. Jasper. Jasper is brown in color. No page. It comes in many forms. So they're saying he's light tan colored. Or olive complected. Okay. And a sardis stone meaning red haired. And there was a rainbow around the throne. Like the appearance of an emerald. The throne. And surrounding the throne were 24 elders, and sitting on the seats I saw four and 20 elders, or 24 clothed in white, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. 24 elders, think about it, 24. Now, here we go. We go down here where it says one in the book, and it talks about the explanation of Revelation 4, 5 as being two witnesses. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which signified the represented the complete plan of Yahuwah or the spirits, the Ruachs. Um, these burning lamps are the same burning lamps you're seeing on two sides of Yeshua standing. It's the churches with seven lamps on them. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and surrounding the throne were four living creatures full of eyes from behind and forward, meaning many people. And then the first creature was like a lion. Where have we seen a creature like a lion with the heart of a man? Yes, in the beginning we talked about the beasts that rise up out of the water. Okay. And the second creature was like a calf, and the third creature like the face of a man, and the fourth creature like a flying eagle. Now, an eagle can represent many things, but here we're seeing nations being represented that have repented. The first is like that of a lion. That's Israel. The lion is Israel. Now the second one is a calf. And that could represent many things. But it doesn't say. The third is a man, and we don't know what that one is either. And then the fourth one is an eagle. You ever thought America? Standing before the throne of God. But who are these other two? It's not told, it's not shown, nobody knows. Remember, remember, things represent symbolism. Two of these are pretty well explained. 
of nations, the eagle and the lion. Now people can argue with me, this is what the father told me. The eagle and the lion are the two nations represented on the throne. Now he didn't reveal the calf and the man. Apparently they are nations that represent certain groups. Um, the lion has always represented Judah. The eagle. There is nothing in present day um, let's see. Now, there is no eagle representing, believe it or not, anybody in the Israeli tribes. Because it's showing it here, there's not. Dad represents tents. Levi is your priests. Zublin was ships. Niftali was a deer. So there's nothing in that. So it also says the eagle was Dan, the lion is Judah, the calf was Ephraim, Raim, and Reuben was the face of a man.
So all we know is these four standards was what represented each tribe, Judah. Um, or Judah. And we've got two that's unrepresented. We know Israel is a lion. And we know America is an eagle. It also represents the a calf and the man. We don't know. And yet there's countries out there that will represent man by a man and a calf. So let's go and see. Again, they say it could be, oops, I overrun, sorry, I was looking up the thing, but 
Some say it represents countries and others say it represents the Bible. We'll just have to throw that debate to the next time. I'm not going to discuss that. I'm going to cut it here for a few minutes and rest and then I'll be back for more discussion on this subject. So we were going over the animals and the possibilities of them representing countries. Or the other possibility is talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first Gospels. It representing Christ. Either or, it still represents God in some way. But we're going to go on. And it says, and each of the four creatures had six wings. They were full of eyes around within. And they did not cease day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Father Yahuwah Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And when those creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sat on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the four and twenty elders, here we go, fell down before him who sat on the throne and worshipped him who lived forever and ever, bowed with their pots before the throne saying you are worthy O Yahuwah to receive glory and honor and power for your created all things and by you your will they exist and were created okay so now we see in this chapter we're going to break it down you have 24 elders sitting in a circumference which is known as the hall of judgment then you have the bima that he sits on, which is considered a throne. It's a bima. And before this bima is a lion, a calf, a man, and an eagle with wings. Now, if you go back to the beginning of this particular thing, we see a lion with eagle's wings with the heart of a man. But then here we've got a calf that's representing sacrifice. We're seeing the lion broke up. We're seeing this image of a man with a lion's heart being broke apart. And we're seeing it has wings and, and the body of a lion with a man's heart. Here we're seeing the man's face with the heart of the man, the eagle of the man, the calf of the man, and the lion of the man. So if we go and compare it to the four nations, it's representing two nations together that are men. That represent both the lion of Judah with eagle's wings. That's the analogy the father put to me when I read it. If you go back and read the description of the four beasts in Daniel, you'll see the very first one is a beast. Of course, it represents Babylon, but if you take it in modern times, it represents a, a lion with the wings of a bald eagle and the heart of a man standing on two legs, which is interesting because the next country represents Russia, and the third country represents a coalition of the leopard. And then the last one is the dragon. Okay. So we're seeing four separate countries in the end times. And this one has eagle's wings that are plucked off. What's happening right now? The gems are trying to take over. They've plucked this country's wings off by giving it to the dragon, the leopard, and Russia. Our enemies are plucking us dry. And we sided with Israel, so that's why we have eagle's wings. Here we're seeing that same analogy with the face of a man and a calf in it. It also represents Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And how we see Jesus. Okay. But I'm taking the analogy of it representing America and Israel and the men representing the sacrifices. 
These other two represent nations, yes, but I don't know what the nations are, and I cannot say. And these four living creatures are crying, Holy, holy, holy is Father God Almighty, or Yahuwah Almighty, forever and ever. And they're worshiping him. Okay. Now we come to chapter 5, which is the scrolls with the seven seals. And we will explain what those are. And it says, And I saw in the midst, in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on it, back and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now, acknowledging of the kingdom, remember Yahuwah reveals his plan in set time, which is Daniel 12, 4. So let's go to Daniel 12, 4. And we'll turn around sideways here and lift my light up a little bit so I can see Daniel 12, 4. Now remember the seals thereof. And then I will break the seals down for you to understand what it means. Daniel 12, 4. Where we're going now. 12 and 4. But you, Daniel, close up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will run to and fro and knowledge will increase. So he reveals the seals on the scroll. The seal was revelation. And I'm reading those seals being opened as we speak. Now we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, Timothy. Let me go to the front of the book here. I'm looking for Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Here we go. I need two. Six. And you know what now holds you back for him to be revealed in his own time. So this is talking about the Antichrist uh, holding back of the 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 lawless one. It's the opening of these seals that do not that hold him back. As the seals are open, where the Bible is revealed, then he comes. Our prayers hold back. Shaitan. And I saw a mighty Malacca, again a queen, a king, an angel, um a messenger, an anointed one, proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to release its seals? Who is worthy? Here's that Malacca again. And what's this Malacca doing? Proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the seals thereof or release them? On this scroll. It says. And no one in heaven nor on earth. Neither under the earth was able to open the scroll. And neither to look at it. And he wept bitterly. Because no one was wor found worthy to open. To read the scroll thereof. And neither to look upon it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. 
Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So there's a lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David has overcome to open the scroll and to release its seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having complete power and complete knowledge of understanding, which signified and represented the complete plan of Yahuwah sent forth into all the earth. So we see here that this lamb was slain. He took, and he come and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one of them having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So we go over here. The seven eyes mean exactly that, the complete knowledge, the horn. And horns mean power, and the seven spirits of the complete plan, and the feather of the, of the two books of the witness, and blah, 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 blah. They're talking about the witnesses. And, and they sing a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll to open the seals thereof. Here we go, opening the seals. And taking the scroll. So this person was found worthy. Of opening this book or seals for you for for you were slain and have redeemed us to Yahweh by your blood out of every tribe and it's talking about nation and tongue and it says and have made us kings and priests to our father and we will reign forever on earth and we talked about that once before over here at the side, reigning on earth. Now we go on and look. And I heard a voice of many Malacca, many messengers surrounding the throne. And creatures and elders and the number of them of tens of thousands, times tens of thousands, of thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth as such as are in the seas and all that are in them heard the saying, blessing and honor and glory and power belongs to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb and forever and ever. And the four beasts. The four living creatures saying, Hallelujah. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him who lived forever and ever. So we see here in these two writings, is talking about the seals and the scroll. Now, this is a future tense of something that Daniel revealed in the past. He was told to shut the books up or shut the scrolls up. It was called books. What the book was, we don't know. But I have a feeling I know what it is because we're reading it. And God didn't want it revealed. And then he revealed it again to John. This book is our path. It is what holds the secrets of everything taking place. And I'm going to take you through that path. Because each one of these that are happening are happening in such a time in history that it's happening so quickly. But yet there's hope in it. And you'll see why. In these seals, there are different woes in history. In these seals, there is a new beginning. But there's also an end. For history revolves 
history repeats. We can't get around these things that happen. Oh, pardon me. I'm it's four in the morning here. Yeah, and I'm telling how, how early it is. But as we start chapter six, we're going to see how the history of the age of the Laodicean church fits into the new age coming in where all the powers of man have fallen in replace of the power of the Most High. What happens above happens below. What happens below affects the above. And that's how it works. So I'm um, going to cut here for a few minutes and I'll be right back. Alrighty, so we finished discussing chapter 5, which was the scroll with the seven seals. So now we come on to the patterns of the first seals of man's government. <clears throat> now remember, we had touched certain verses in this earlier. And we are getting ready to go into that now. It says, the continuous pattern of man's government. And I saw the Lamb open one of the seals, and I heard it were one of the four living creatures saying as a voice like thunder saying, Come and see. Okay, and I looked and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon the white horse had a bowl, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering to conquer and to conquer. Now, words, this person had might. This was... The beginning age of man riding on horses. The beginning of the church. Or the result of man's government. The second seal was opened. The result of man's governments. And he had opened the second seal. And, he, and I heard the second creature said, come and see. And there was another horse. That was red, and power was granted to him who set upon it to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. So we're seeing the power of man's might in war, war and conquering. And then the third seal was a time of great plenty, and oil is protected. Okay, a time period. At a time frame. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the living creatures say, Come and see. And I looked and behold, a black horse representing oil, wealth. And he who sat up it had a pair of scales and balances. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four creatures saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, a denarius. And see, so you do not hurt the oil or the wine. And the fourth seal was the first half of the great tribulation. Interesting that we see this. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures say, Come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse, death, and Shaul, the grave, followed with him. And power was given to him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword and with hunger and with pestilence, the same under the authority of the beast of the earth. The beast of the east showed great authority. And we already read Revelations 2 and 14. Now we're going on to the fifth seal. Both witnesses dead. And I'll explain this in a minute what it means. Because we're going to go back to these two sections that talks about the souls of the slain. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls of the men slain because of the word of Yahuwah, the law and the prophets, for because of the two witnesses held fast. Two witnesses held fast. Held fast. A fast, in other words. 
So let's go look at that for a moment. Genesis 4.10. That's G, Genesis 4.10. And they said, what have you done? The voice of our brother's blood is crying out from me from the ground. Did you catch up? Then he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. The brother's blood is crying out from the ground. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Yahuwah, holy and true, will you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Mm -hmm. It's talking about mortars now. And a white robe was given to both of them, and it was said to them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants and their brothers, who would also be killed as they were, should be completed. Those going with the two witnesses is what it's referring to. So this is the first time we see the death of the two witnesses, spiritually speaking. And he says here, then he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. What have you done? Then we go to H, which is Genesis 10 again, talking about the blood of the dwelling of the saints. These two witnesses that were held fast for a certain amount of time, both witnesses dead in spirit is crying out. But it's saying the blood of those who dwelt on the earth has to be avenged. So what does this blood on those who dwelt upon the earth have to be in revenge? Interesting. It says, and a white robe was given to both of them. A white robe. And it and it was said to them that they should rest yet for a little season. Okay. Until their fellow servants of their brothers, who would also be killed as they were, should be completed. Killed. Spiritually killed, in a sense. Dead. Okay. Then the sixth seal, the great, the end of the great tribulation and the beginning of the days of Yah. And I looked, and when I opened the sixth, when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became black also. And the stars fell onto the earth, and the fig trees dropped its untimely fee, as the fig tree, excuse me, I was turning something off here. And the stars of heaven fell onto the earth as a fig tree dropped its untimely figs when it's shaken by the mighty wind. And we see this in Matthew where it's talking about this. Matthew 24, 29 talks about the moon and the sun. Now you got to understand the sun being blackened out like Seth clock of hair is talking about a solar eclipse. And the moon being blood is a lunar eclipse. And we had four lunar eclipses just recently with a solar eclipse. Let me explain something. This all plays back to chapter 12 and it all blends in once you understand what you're seeing here. These are snippets that explain the other part of Revelations that you're going to see. This thing here talking about the men of the souls of the slain of the prophets. Talking about the witnesses sitting here crying out and they have to fast held fast to till their timing it's talking about both witnesses dead of spirit 
There's no spirit in them. But yet they're crying out for the Lord to do something. Okay. Now the sixth seal is the end and the beginning of the day of Yah. And it goes on to say, And the heavens depart like a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and every mighty man, every mighty man, and every bondman, and every freeman, sought protection from themselves in their government, in their government, and in their assemblies, and the houses of their God, Elohim. Sought protection in their governments. And said unto their houses to fall, the houses of their gods, or Elohim, and their assemblies. Huh. So we see here, every bondman and every freeman sought to protect from themselves in their government and in their assemblies and in their houses of their own Elohim. Which is interesting to see that. Uh, we'll go to one. Okay, it gives us Hosea 10, 8. So let's go to Hosea 10, 8. And we'll see what it says. Hosea 10 and 8. The high places of the Avon and the sins of Israel will be destroyed. Avin, Avin, think about it. Thorns and thistles will come up in their altars and they will say to the mountains, cover us and to the hills to fall on them. Interesting, that would come up. So we see that right here in one. The kings and great people of the earth are crying, you know. Then we go on to the next one, which is three, two, two. Hebrew means center, a traditional hiding place. Protected or seek protection in the government. And it doesn't work. Sada, which is dens. Biden. Uh, constitution of the state and government. Zareem, which means assemblies. We go on talking about mountains and correctly translation in the house of God, but it's talking about in their houses of gods. And said to the houses of their gods and their Elohim and assemblies, mm -hmm. fall on us. Ooh, fall on them. Interesting. L. When or after. Then M and N is Matthew 24, 29 through 34. So let's go to Matthew now. Twenty-nine through thirty-five. When the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory he will send out his angels with great shelters and they will gather together his chosen from the four winds from one into the other so it's talking about the ingathering of the children of israel or in this case the believers 
So let's get this information, and we're almost ready to quit here. But I'm going to give you the verses. Now, I have some other verses we need to look up here before we do this, but I want to get this. This is in Revelation. It says, And now learn this parable from the fig tree. With the branches come tender and put forth leaves, you know the summer is near. So also when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Amen. I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. The heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. There you go. And we are going to get these verses. Mark them. Now, we'll go back and look at these next listings that I wrote down earlier. Okay, I'm going to have to cut five minutes, and we'll be right back. All right, so now I've got Exodus 16, 4 through 34. We looked at Psalm 78, 24. It says, And then Adonai said to Moshe, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. The people will go out and gather out, go out and gather a day's portion every day, so that I can test them to find out whether they will walk according to my Torah or not. So on the sixth day, when they prepare, prepare what? they bring in it will be as twice as much as they gather the day today so we're seeing in the Hanukkah John 631 so we'll go look at 631 real quick here before we continue I'm going to hold that and go to John Six thirty-one, and again it's talking about bread out of heaven. That is manna, and then we're going to go to the finish Exodus. Away to 36. Look over here. It says, So Moses and Aaron said to the midnight Israel, the sons of Israel, In the evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, when you see the glory of Adonai, for he heard your complaining against him. What are we? We complain against us? You complained against us. Then Moshe said, Adonai will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread and enough bread to fill your you in the morning. Since Adonai heard your complaints that you muttered against him, what are we? You complain, your complaining is not against us, but against Adonai. Interesting. He's basically telling him their complaints are going nowhere. And then Adonai is going to supply what they need and Listen to what Adonai says. Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of Ben Israel, Benai Israel, come near before Adonai because he has heard your complaining. Then, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Benai Israel, they took towards the wilderness, and the glory of Adonai appeared in the cloud. 
Adonai spoke to Moshe, said, I have heard the complaining of Benai Israel. Speak to them, saying, At dusk you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am Adonai, your God. And so when evening fell, quail came out or came up and covered the camp. Moreover, in the morning there was layers of dew all around the camp. When the layers of dew was gone, on the surface of the desert was a thick, flaky-like frost, as fine as frost on the ground. Benai Israel saw it, and they said to one another, What is it? Ooh, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Then Moses said to them, It is bread that Adonai has given you to eat. This is the word that Adonai has commanded. Every man is together according to his need, an Omar per person, an Omar. B. About a quart, two quarts per person, according to the number of the people per house. Each man is to take it for those who are in his tent. Benai Israel did so, and some gathered more, some less. When they measured it was with an Omar, those who gathered more had nothing left over, and those that gathered less did not lack at all. Every man gathered according to his appetite. Also Moses said to him, Let no one save any of it until the morning. However, they did not listen to Moshe, so they preserved it until morning, but it, it bred worms and rotted. So Moses was angry with them. So they gathered in the morning by morning, and each man according to his need. And as the sun became hot in the mat, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered each twice as much bread, two Omar for each individual. So all the leaders of the community came and informed Moses. But they said unto him, This is what Adonai said, has said, Tomorrow is Shabbat. Rest a holy Sabbath to, to Adonai. Bake whatever you can bake and boil whatever you can boil. Store up yourselves whatever, everything that remains to be kept until morning. So we hear he's giving them commands of what Adonai told them to do. Since it goes on, so they set in it aside until the morning, just as Moses instructed, and it did not rot, nor were there any worms. Then Moses said, Eat that today, because today is the Shabbat to Adonai. Today you will not find it, it in the field. You are to gather it for six days, but the seventh day is the Shabbat. There will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out together. They found none. And I said to Moshe, How long will you refuse to keep my mitzvahs and my Torah? Who? Yeah. And he goes on to say, See, Adonai has given you the Shabbat. So on the sixth day, he gives you the bread for two days. Let every man stay in his place and let no man go out of his seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named it manna. It was like white little, it was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, this is what Adonai has commanded you. Let a full Omar of it be kept throughout your generation so that they may see the bread with which you fed fed you in the wilderness when i brought you out of the land of egypt moshe said to aaron take a jar and put a full omar of manna inside store it up before adonai to keep throughout your generations just as i commanded moshe and aaron stored up stored it up in front of the testimony to preserve to preserve to be preserved Ben Israel ate manna for 40 years. They ate manna until they came to the inhabitants of the land 
when they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And now in Omar is the tenth part of the ephod. And Omar is part of the ephod. Which is interesting that they should say that. They give other verses to this. But I'm not going to read those verses that talked about Omar. But I will go. And ephod is 20. So we see an ephod. Equal a part is a tenth of a tithe. So we're seeing here that. The father wants a tenth of everything you own. Or a tenth of everything that is given. So we'll go in. And read X. Some more of Exodus before we go on to these other verses. Okay, so now let's go to Nehemiah real quick. Uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah 9. Five. No, 15. So Nehemiah 15, it says, And you gave them bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought them water from the rocks of their thir for their thirst. You told them to go into the, and to possess the land that you swore to give them. And it goes to A, raise, raise your hand. So it's talking about God raising his hand against the enemies. And let's go to Exodus 13. Twenty-one. It says, Adonai went before them in a pillar of a cloud by day to lead them away in a pillar of fire by night to give them Light, so they could travel both day and night. And that's Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 1. 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 1. It says, For I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren and sisters, that your father... We're all under the cloud and all pass through the sea. And it gives C. It's given Exodus. And we went over a lot of Exodus, I think. Yeah. Exodus 3.21, which we've got. Exodus 14.22. We'll add that. And then there's 29 with that. 
and then Psalms 105, 39. So we're seeing here that everything is leading to a certain talk about leading of this and leading of that through the verses. We'll continue looking. Our next verse is Exodus 21. We'll look at that just for a moment. And then I will cut this last one and we will do a fourth session where we're talking about Revelations 5. Okay, let's go to Exodus Thirteen twenty one. And we have looked at that one actually, Exodus thirteen twenty one. It's marked. So let's go to Numbers eleven, seven and thirty one. Seven and now manna. Now the manna was similar to the coriander seed and had appeared like a gum resin. And then we go over to 31. And a wind went out from Adonai and drove quail from the sea. He brought them into the camp to, to about a day's journey in a direction about two cubits above the ground and all around the camp. So it's talking about quail here being brought in from the sea. Okay. Let's go to John 6, 31 now. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, out of our heavens, out of the heavens he gave them bread to eat. And we've looked at all these already. Okay. So let's go to Second Corinthians eight fifteen. As it is written, he who gathers much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. And it gives us Exodus sixteen eighteen. So let's go there for a minute. Exodus sixteen eighteen. And it's talking about the Omar for the appetite. So again, we've seen that. So I will cut this and do another section. And we will finish. <laughs>